welcome to the latest episode of Empire Sports Talk. I am your host, Roman Gennaro, and it's been a while, so let's jump right in. We're, we're going to go sport by sport here, so we'll start with the NBA. The biggest story in the NBA right now, well, let's first, the biggest story, let's start with a, a huge congratulations to the Denver Nuggets for winning their first championship in franchise history. No surprise, Nikola Jokic named the finals MVP, and it, it was reported that he's already lost the trophy. Let's hope... Let's hope somebody from the locker room found it and picked it up and is trying to return it to him. The Nuggets beat the Heat in five games, although the Heat put up a good fight, but it was clear from the beginning that they did not have the depth to match up with the Nuggets as a team and that Bam Adebayo did his best shot, but there is no there is no guarding Nikola Jokic. We, we, we saw that against the Lakers when he was hitting three-point shots behind his head against Anthony Davis. Um, so congratulations to the Nuggets for winning their NBA championship. Outside of that, the biggest story to come to come down in recent days is that John Morant has been suspended 25 games by the NBA for posting a second video uh, of showing a gun. On a, and, and it was really a, a Instagram Live on his friend's account, but Ja was in the video and he was holding a gun yet again after already stepping away from the team earlier in the season and missing eight games after a very similar Instagram Live where he had a gun and he had and he had issued an apology which was later discovered to be most likely written by ChatGPT saying that he would work on it, saying that he was taking eight games away to work on himself. Cut to another video of him with a gun and Adam Silver the commissioner had said this will be basically it said this will be dealt with and they were waiting for the end of the finals to take care of it it was announced the other day that it will be 25 games some think that's too few games some think that's too many games considering the fact that John Morant was not charged with a crime and they pointed to things like, I think it was Javaris Crittenden back in the day, pointing a gun at Gilbert Arenas in, in the Washington locker room and some other gun-related things that got around 30 games. And um, um, Miles Bridges of the Hornets uh, being suspended 30 games for domestic abuse, domestic violence. And I'll say this. Um, I don't think 25 games is enough for John Morant. I think he should at least miss half a year. And, I, and when, when comparing it to the others, first of all, it's a completely separate incident, um, so they're hard to compare, but I will say that I think the NBA in its history has gone too lightly uh, on their suspensions in general. Um, you know, you see, you see the NFL goes pretty harsh most of the time. I think, I think the, one, the, the, the one outlier there was I... I you know, Deshaun Watson only being suspended 11 games for all of his stuff. I think he should have missed the whole year at least. He had already missed a year, but that was not part of the punishment. That was just nobody. They were kind of keeping him out of the out of the way. He should have at least been suspended a whole year. But you know, look at look at Ray Rice, where um, you know he had he had his incident, and despite being one of the best running backs in the league at the time, he's never played again. Um, the, the the MLB, you know, their their biggest issue is usually steroids and, and so, you know, if you if you get one failed drug test, that's fifty games right off the top. If you get another one that's I think either a hundred or a whole year. I can't remember if they changed it or not. But the but but the NBA has a history of 
off the court issues and hasn't has a history of issues like this and it's it's generally been like people have been like oh well Javaris Crittenden got 30 games for literally pointing a gun at a teammate or Miles Bridges got 30 games for a domestic violence like an actual crime and yes and and my response to that is both of those guys should have been suspended for at least a whole season um so I would say Josh should 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 be suspended for at least forty one games, if not more, um, because like the first one, I would say twenty five games is whatever, but this is the second one in in a in, in a season when he had made an apology, however sincere it was. He had made an apology, said I'm going to work on it, and then he goes and does the exact same thing. He is a child, you know. the The NBA has a ha, has a young following that. Of, of kids that want to play in the NBA and look up to John Morant because he's their favorite player because he's an amazing player. So for him to go out and act like this in general, for him to, for him to do this a second time after already, be, after already talking to the commissioner, after already promising that he'd change, there, there's, there's more than a crime wasn't committed lay off of him. It's, it's a precedent. It's the optics of it, the fact that he's a star in the league, and he's had multiple people already kind of show concern for him that he's, like, engaging in this, and these are not my words, gang behavior. You know, I forget who it was. I think it it might have been Stephen A. who said, you know, if he continues this, I, I, I worry he may not be alive in a couple of years. I, I, I don't want to put those words in Stephen A.'s mouth. I can't remember exactly who it was, but somebody in the NBA community said that it's like I you know I I worry about him I think he's going down a wrong path and I think that's what we're all worried about when it comes to John Morant and so I feel like obviously since this was a second incident he didn't he didn't get it the first time so I feel like he needs to he needs to be gone long enough to understand he has a daughter he's a father he's a role model and this is this is really really bad so I don't think 25 games is enough because I don't think he he's gotten it yet, and I don't I don't want to see this happen a third time because a, the third time it may be much much worse for Ja, and no one wants to see that happen. Um, to lighten things up a little bit, I'm sorry that we started the show on such a such a tough tough note, but to lighten things up a little bit. Carl Anthony Towns has obviously been taking classes at the Draymond School of Draymond Green School of Speaking Out, um, because he has said some truly head-turning things this last week, and uh, I want to talk about it. So the first thing he said, and look, Carl Anthony Towns is a good, good is a good player, but the things out of his mouth this week were wild. First thing he said was, "When I retire, there's going to be people." who say, I changed the game. First of all, that's big talk, considering that you're in the league with people who have actually changed the game, like LeBron James, Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And second, no. You're a good player. You don't, you don't do anything spectacularly in relation to the rest of the league. Nikola Jokic is the best big man in the league. LeBron James is the best scorer in the league. Kevin Durant as well. 
Steph Curry is the best shooter in the league, in league history. Nothing you do screams, look at me. In fact, in response to the comments of when I retire, people are going to say I changed the game. Kendrick Perkins, who I don't often agree with uh, when he, when he gives, a, gives a hot take, said, how can you change the game when at times we don't know you exist? Which I tend to agree with because Carl Anthony Towns came into the league and was supposed to be this big star, and he's still a big name, and he's still one of the best players on the Timberwolves. I'll get to that in a second. But there are times when he disappears. I think we talked about Anthony Davis a lot in the playoffs because one night he'd score 40 and the next night he'd score 10. And we see a lot of that from Carl Anthony Towns except without the 40, being honest. Um, And I believe, I don't want to get this incorrect, but I believe, correct me in the comments um, if I'm wrong, but in, in the 2022 play-in game, which we'll get to that in a second as well because Carl Anthony Towns doubled down, I believe he only scored 10 points. I believe most of the, most of the, the work was done by Pat, Patrick Beverly and Anthony Edwards in that game. I don't think Cat played particularly well in the biggest game of his career to that point. Carl Anthony Towns could not have been more wrong in saying that People are going to say he changed the game. The only one that's going to say he changed the game is him and his mother, honestly. Because right now, he is a fringe star because he doesn't he doesn't have the consistency of the Jokic, the LeBron, the Steph, the Clay, the the Devin Booker. You know, he doesn't have he doesn't consistently put up the numbers that that somebody who has a right to say they changed the game, would. And I would say that Carl Anthony Towns couldn't be more wrong, except later in the same week, he was. When he said, speaking of that 2022 play-in run, I think our playoff run, speaking of that 20, speaking of last year, I think our playoff run was better than the Denver Nuggets title run this year. And he was serious. He was on a podcast talking to his former teammate, Patrick Beverly, and I, he said, I think the team that you and I were on were, had a better run than, the, than this year's Denver Nugget championship team. First of all, no. This is one of the coldest takes I've ever heard. And I think this is, this is the downside of players being allowed to have podcasts, of active players being allowed to have podcasts, honestly. Because you just, and it's but it's also funny because you hear some of the you honestly hear some of the stupidest stuff come out of those those podcasts, and this was one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. First of all, mathematically, absolutely not, because you won three games total. You got dominated by the Grizzlies in the next round after that play-in win, where you were the laughingstock of the NBA for about 48 hours because you you celebrated that play-in win like you'd won a championship. So maybe that's where you're confused. You didn't actually win anything. You just won a game. And then you got embarrassed by Memphis in the next round. You lost in six games. What I will say is that same year, Denver lost to Golden State in five, but Golden State went on to win the title, and I I think that Denver team was better than the, than the team you're talking about. To say that 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 your 2022 team was better than this year's Nuggets team 
is ridiculous. From start to finish, this year's Denver Nuggets was clearly the best team in their conference. Uh, possibly the NBA, but clearly the best team in the Western Conference from start to finish. Nikola Jokic is clearly the best player in the NBA for the past three years. The only reason he didn't win a third MVP in a row is because the voters were probably tired of, of giving it to him, and it was so obvious that Joel Embiid wanted it so bad that they gave it to him. But they realistically should have given it to Jokic again because he's clearly the best player in the NBA. This Denver Nuggets team is deeper than your team ever could have dreamed of being. This Denver Nuggets team has, you know, Jokic, who's better than Cat, Has Jamal Murray, who's better, in my opinion, than Anthony Edwards. I think... Let's see. I th- I, th- I think D'Angelo Russell was on that team. I would, he's I would say, pretty even with this year's version of Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon, uh, clearly, you know, took a step forward this year. It's laughable. It's laughable for a team to say a three-game run was better than a title run during which what did the. Did the Nuggets, I think they only lost two games. They swept the they swept the Lakers, who had Anthony Davis, LeBron James, that same D'Angelo Russell, and other players. This that Lakers team would have annihilated last year's last year's Timberwolves team. So this is the most laughable thing I've ever heard. This is like I said, this is another instance of a player with an ego much and this is why I mentioned Draymond Green earlier saying though no, they're not talking about me like the NBA season's happening and they're not talking about me they should so I'm going to say something much like Draymond seems to do whenever they're not talking about Golden State he says I'm going to say something Carl Anthony Towns was going for clickbait journalism and he found it and I think, I think LeBron James did a little bit of that when he, listen, he's 38 years old, 39 years old. I think he's on it. I think LeBron James is honestly considering retirement. But the fact that, that the Nuggets clinched their first trip to the finals ever and for the next two days all we were talking about was, is, is LeBron retiring? I think LeBron did a little bit of that, but, but he's kind of earned a right to have us talk about him a little bit because he is – the all-time leading scorer in both the postseason and the regular season. He's one of the greatest of all time. He's he's second or third, in my opinion. You, 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 if you've been listening to me for a long time, I don't need to go into that. Just just listen to my to what I think about that. But he's he's earned the right to be talked about. I think it went on a little too long for a team, you know, for a, getting swept by the team that got their that earned their first trip to the finals ever. But he's earned that right. But even LeBron James in the press conference following the sweep said, you know, there was a question to him that was asked that said, you know, what did you learn about something along the lines of what did you learn about uh, Jokic that you didn't know? And LeBron said, nothing. I knew he was that good. Like Jokic was unstoppable. And, And Anthony Davis knew it. LeBron James knew it. The Lakers knew it. And Carl Anthony Towns isn't even in the same zip code. As 
Nikola Jokic. So both of these things from him were absolute, absolutely asinine, um, but fun to talk about for people like me. All right, let's let's jump to Major League Baseball real quick. Uh, the season is about a third of the way over, a little bit more than a third. Uh, and there have been a lot of surprise teams this year. You know, we had we had we we've had teams that we expect. You know, we expect the Dodgers to be good. We expect the Yankees to be, you know, pretty good. And they've they've had their ups and downs this year. We expect the Braves to be good. We expect Houston to be good. I don't think they're as good they're as good though as their record says because I've seen a lot of things from from Houston that I I don't like. Um, but what I want to talk about is there are a lot of surprise teams that maybe shouldn't be where they are right now but are the arizona diamondbacks are leading the nl west an nl west that does include those those dodgers and does include the san diego padres who have been a major disappointment this year um but the arizona diamondbacks without a big star i mean they have some really good young players that are that are making names for themselves corbin carroll is really good uh, Merrill Kelly, one of their pitchers, is one of the best pitchers in the league this year. They have some good players, but they don't have like a standout star. They don't have a Juan Soto or a Fernando Tatis or a Ronald Acuna or a Bryce Harper. It's just a bunch of guys grinding, and they're leading the NL West, which for the last few years has been one of the tougher and most competitive divisions in baseball. And they are they – are, Way, like they're not way out in front of the Dodgers. The Dodgers are good, but they have a great record. I don't know exactly what it is. I think it's somewhere in the ballpark of like thirty-eight and twenty-two. Like like they are crushing. Uh, so they're a surprise team for me. The Texas Rangers are doing this year what we expected them to do last year when they brought in Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, but there were some injury issues. Despite the fact that Degrom. Is probably done. For, Jacob Degrom's probably done for the year. This team looks good. They are, they are leading the AL West because the the Astros are good, but not great in my opinion. Um, so the Rangers have jumped out in front. There, it's a little bit of a surprise. We expected it last year. We didn't get it, so we didn't know what we'd get this year. And here they are, even without Jacob Degrom. I. I, I have to give a nod to the Pirates. I think they're currently sitting around 500 right now, but the NL Central is not that good this year. So I think they that they may still be leading. I think uh, since in the past couple of days the the Brewers have passed them up, but I don't believe in the staying power of the Brewers because uh, they haven't they haven't shown it in the past. So so the the Pirates. With the resurgence of Andrew McCutcheon, who returned for what I believe to be his final year, he's the best player on that team, and they are staying, staying in in, in the story. And speaking of, uh, you know, resurgences. Speaking of the Diamondbacks, Evan Longoria is having a great year for them. Um, the Reds, again in that same NL Central, that's not that no team is taking control of. Seems to have some fight in them that we didn't see at the start of the year, but they have they have come to life here in the last couple of weeks, and are and are playing really good baseball. Keep an eye on them. And I may regret throwing this team into the mix later in the oh before I get to them, uh, the Marlins, who are 
at, who at one point earlier in this week were only three games behind the Braves for the NL East. I had read earlier, I don't know what their record is now, that they were, that they were 14-1 and so far this year in one-run games. That's an old stat, so I don't know what the number is now. Uh, and then they have Luis Arise, who is hitting around 400. He, he had eclipsed 400 earlier this week and then fell back down. Uh, but he is batting somewhere between 385 and 400, which is absurd. We're starting to talk about the latest to be at 400 this late in the year, and it's crazy, which it's not late in the year, but for hitting 400 it is. Uh, so Luisa Rise is leading that Marlins team. I it still baffles me that he he was the piece they traded for Pablo uh, that the Twins traded for Pablo Lopez. Uh, the the Twins are a pl- are a playoff team, and because of their pitching staff, they're pretty much you know they I think eventually they could be running away with the with the AL Central. They're not. The AL Central is pretty bad. The only reason the Twins aren't running away with the AL Central is because their offense isn't very good. And who would have helped their offense a lot? Luisa Rise. So they did get Pablo Lopez. I liked that I saw him get out of Marlin, uh, Florida, but I absolutely would not have included Luisa Rise in that deal. And he's showing why. He's hitting almost 400. Uh, but the team that I may regret putting into this list, but I like what I've seen from them. And again, the AL Central is not good, so they have a chance is the Detroit Tigers. Something's happening over there. Um, with it being Miguel Cabrera's last year, they, they have a lot of good young players like Akil Badu, Akil Badu, Zach Short. They, they have Jonathan Shope, uh, Scope, sorry. Um, Javi Baez, who can obviously bring power. Spencer Torkelson hit a couple of home runs against the Braves the other day. They, something's happening in Detroit. It may not happen this year, but it's happening. And I think it's one of the reasons is because A.J. Hinch is over there, and uh, he is obviously a World Series winning manager with the Astros. So he knows what it takes. He knows what it takes to build. And So it may not be this year, but I like what I see coming in Detroit because it reminds me a lot of Baltimore, who is surging right now but uh the the atmosphere in baltimore for that team and those fans is incredible i didn't mention them earlier because we saw flashes of them being good last year but they should definitely be thrown in there with how good uh gunner henderson and adley rutschman have been for them um so there have been a lot of great surprises this year and i i'm actually loving seeing the diamondbacks doing what they're doing and i hope they keep it up it just it makes it interesting so that it's not the dodgers and the yankees and the and the you know, the same teams over and over and over. The The Angels are doing really, really well. Uh, Shohei Otani is playing unbelievable. Again, surprise, surprise. Um, but they're actually getting contributions from other people that, they, that they've struggled with in the past. So they're another team that, has, that is kind of finding their form. Um, the most interesting thing to me this week, though, came from a former player. And, 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 and it was an act of such humility, but I wanted to talk about it. Um, anyway, David Freeze, who is best known for being the hero in the St. Louis Cardinals 2011 championship run. Uh, I believe he was World Series MVP, um, which makes this statement even funnier to me. Was recently, recently invited to be inducted into the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame. He declined. 
and he said he, he decided not to accept the invitation and he said he knows the value of the red coat which is what which is what the cardinals give to their hall of fame um inductees he says he knows the value of the red coat and wants to respect others who have had that honor so when i read that i think that he doesn't think he's good enough to be in that in that hall of fame i've been to st louis i've been in that park i've seen how beloved that franchise is i've seen how they treat their own and it's amazing uh first for first off second one thing about sports and i think i think this might be a little more true in baseball than other sports but i think one thing about sports is that you kind of separate the regular season and the postseason in terms of legacy you know we talk about peyton manning possibly being the greatest regular season quarterback of all time but he's not on a lot of he he's he's not on he's not guaranteed on all top five quarterback lists all time because he never he 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 won the two super bowls um but then had a lot of more playoff losses because he kept running up against tom brady in the afc but we call him the greatest regular season quarterback of all time but then the playoffs happen, and you know Tom Brady and Joe Montana set them set themselves apart from everyone else when it mattered. And to me, and and think about Madison Bumgarner. I think he's a Hall of Fame pitcher, but I think most of the reason for that is because what he did in the postseason, when winning those three titles for San Francisco, and having the lowest postseason ERA ever. Um, your legacy, maybe not necessarily to the Hall of Fame, but your your legacy to your franchise is made in the playoffs. And one current example to me is Eddie Rosario. He he showed up to the Braves halfway through 2021 along with Jock Peterson and Jorge Soler. And those three guys went on a tear. And they were a large part of why the Braves were able to win that championship without Ronald Acuna. And Eddie Rosario is the only one who remains of those three with the Braves. And and he's had his struggles the last two years. He needed an eye surgery, and he's had other issues. But the team has never given up on Eddie. The fans has have never given up on Eddie Rosario because of what he did and because of because of the performance he put up to win the NLCS, the N, the N, yeah, the, sorry, the NLCS MVP, he forever cemented his legacy as an Atlanta Brave, as did Jock Peterson, as did Jorge Soler, because of what they did in the playoffs. The playoffs amplifies legacy, and David Freeze had one of the best playoff runs from any one player we've ever seen in 2011, hit the game-winning home run, hit the walk-off home run in Game 6 to send it to Game 7, and then came up big again in Game 7. He is a Cardinal for life. He is one of the bigger names in recent history for the Cardinals, and I think that's what they want to honor. They want to honor what he meant to that franchise because of what he did in 2011. I think it's humble of him to decline because when he declines he thinks about he thinks about the likes of Bob Gibson, Ozzie Smith, soon to be Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright. He thinks about Stan Musial. 
He thinks about those career guys. And outside of his run with the Cardinals, David Freeze was kind of an average player. But with the Cardinals in the playoffs in 2011, he was magical. And I think that's what they want to honor. So I think he should accept the invitation because this is the Cardinals saying, we want to thank you. We want to honor you as one of the people that made a difference for this organization and these fans. And I smile when I think about David Freeze as a Cardinal. Like, it, it, it was special. And so I respect his humility of saying, it's not me. You know, I'm not Ozzy Smith. I'm not Stan Musial. I'm not Bob Gibson or Albert. But what the organization is telling you is, it's okay. We love you. Come home. Be be with us. And I think he should he should feel honored and he should accept but I, but, but I respect his decision. Not too much news in the NFL, but since our last episode, Aaron Rodgers is finally a Jet. Odell Beckham is joining Lamar Jackson, who finally finalized a contract to return to the Ravens. He's joining him in Baltimore, so that should be quite something. With, a, with, a, with Odell Beckham Jr., a healthy Rashad Bateman, the new addition of, of the incredibly fast Zay Flowers. It should be. And then you combine all that with the already established Mark, Mark Andrews, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. It should be really, really fun in Baltimore next year. Um, the only real news this week, uh, there are a couple things, but I'll speak to this, is, is that something's happening in Buffalo with Stefan Diggs. Uh, he, he's in Buffalo, but he's not showing up to camp yet and and there's a bit of a cause of concern there for some people others are saying don't worry about it josh allen and sean and uh and sean mcdermott are saying don't worry about it but it's hard not to worry about it when your best wide receiver is kind of tentative when when you've struggled to cultivate a number two gabe davis has showed flashes of being a number two but not not completely and so with Diggs, kind of i don't know what he's doing it causes for concern. Now, if it's because he wants to go somewhere else, I honestly don't think that he could go anywhere else that would either A, help him win a championship, or B, help his legacy. Um, we're talking about legacies. If he goes somewhere else, there aren't many teams in a better spot for him than Buffalo. They are right on the right on the edge of winning a Super Bowl. The only team I think that's in better spot that's in a better spot, maybe the Eagles, but is the Chiefs. And I think if he goes to the Chiefs, it hurts his legacy, honestly, because you see a lot of kind of receivers that have lost a step, older receivers, receivers that aren't aren't in that elite class joining the Chiefs to try to win an easy ring. Kansas City's kind of become for free agents kind of become the easy the easy ring destination. I'm not taking anything away from from the Chiefs for for winning the championships they have, but 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 because Patrick Mahomes is there, because Travis Kelsey is there, because Andy Reid is there, it's kind of our best shot to win a title is Kansas City. So there's like a flock. It, it's it, it's like when all those veterans were joining the Cavs and the Warriors when they were facing off in the finals every year. It's like, I'm going to go win a title by joining these teams late in my career. I think Stefan Diggs, Stefan Diggs is clear is still an elite talent. And I think if he goes to the chiefs, it'd be like, dude, like why, why are you going there? When you have a great situation in Buffalo, you have a quarterback with a rocket arm, something that, you know, if you go to Kansas city, you got a quarterback with a rocket arm. You already have one of those. You have, 
a head coach that knows how to win. You have one of those. You have a defense that gets the job done. You have one of those. I think Buffalo's a couple pieces away. I think they need a, a solid number two, and I think they need a running back. Uh, I think they should go get Dalvin Cook or Ezekiel Elliott. But I think Stephon Diggs is in the best situation he can be in to win a championship without hurting his legacy. Uh, and speaking of Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook, the other thing I wanted to touch on is it seems that it's gotten a bit tough for running backs in this league, even star running backs. D- D- Dalvin Cook is still one of the best running backs in this league, and he was just waived by Minnesota. And there's not a lot of chatter about pit, about picking him up by teams around the NFL. Same with Ezekiel Elliott, who may have lost a step and lost his starting job with the Cowboys to Tony Pollard. But he's st- I th- think he's still a valuable running back in this league. And you, you see Saquon Barkley, who's only three years in, four years in, and definitely one of the best in this league when he's healthy, wanting you know a new contract, wanting to stay a giant, wanting a new contract, and they're hesitant to give it to him. And and there have been some executives to say, unname executive, because it's kind of a harsh thing to say, but he, he said, I would rather draft a, a running back in the first round every year, use him up, and just keep drafting running backs. Like no, like yeah, I know that running backs have a shorter shelf life in the league than any other position, but that's because they get. They're in the trenches. They get batted. They 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 get batted around a lot, and so I think that I think right now is a tough time in the NFL to be a running back because because Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott should have been scooped up a long time ago, and they haven't been. Uh, so I think Buffalo should should take a shot and and shore up one of their few weaknesses, which is running back, and go get Dalvin Cook or Ezekiel Elliott. I said that the moment the the. Uh, the Cowboys released Ezekiel Elliott. I said the Bills should go get him, and I stand by that. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about is I wanted to give a huge shout-out to the new Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights, because this story is so cool. This is an expansion team that came into the league, played their first game six years ago, and now they're champions. But not only that. This is, this is the coolest thing to me. Six years and when in his introductory conference for the new franchise, the owner said, playoffs in three, Stanley Cup in six. Well, as far as winning the Stanley Cup, he nailed it. But he didn't give himself enough credit for, for playoffs in three. Let me tell you why. If you go to our Instagram, you'll see that I posted this. If you go to our socials, you'll see it. In six years as an NHL franchise, five playoff appearances, two Western Conference titles, one championship and they made the stanley cup finals in their first year before losing to the washington capitals but this is nothing to sneeze at this is six years and they won the title still with six of their original choices expansion draft picks and jack eichel who's one of the best young players in the nhl today that they got from via a trade before this season this team is built to win for years this is a winning franchise. They finally have their title. It, it only took them six years, but they've been in the, in the playoffs every year but one. So the owner did not give himself enough, not give this team in this city enough credit when he said playoffs in three, because by year three, they'd been in the playoffs three times. I think the only time they didn't make the playoffs was last year, and I think they missed by a hair. If I'm if, if I remember correctly, but this team is special. This city is in love with the Knights, and they are champions. 
and I'll just I'll just, I'll just throw this in. The the Stanley Cup skate is one of my favorite traditions in sports, and I watched this whole thing for for this for this for this group for this franchise that's six years old and now has two Stanley Cup appearances and one title. Uh, I watched everyone from the captain all the way to the to the video guys and the radio guys and the locker room guys. Everyone got a lap with that trophy. It's special. It's one of the best traditions in sports. Congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights on this incredible run they've had in the next in the last six years. And I expect more titles in the years to come for the Vegas Golden Knights. That's all I have for you this week. I am Roman Gennaro. Check out the show on our on our social media uh, pages. Interact with us. Comment what you like, what you don't like. And that's all I have for you. Until next time, this is Roman Gennaro with Empire Sports Talk, signing off.